0: Today on CityCast Denver, the heirs to the Walmart fortune, one of the architects of the Iraq War, the chairwoman of the company running the country's largest union busting campaign, and the most famous F1 race car driver in the world. What do these people have in common? They're the new owners of the Denver Broncos.
1: These are not necessarily the greatest people in the world by what they've done in business and capitalism and all that. But can they bring a winning football team to Denver? I have a positive feeling about that. The all-new
0: Denver Broncos take the field in a couple weeks, so our sports guy Jake Shapiro from Denver Fan 104.3 is back to introduce us to our new celebrity quarterback, goofball coach, and a bizarre ownership group who have their own agenda for our Broncos. And getting back to the playoffs is only the beginning. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. resident sports guy, Jake Shapiro. Welcome back to CityCast Denver.
1: Thanks. It's lovely to be here. A great time in the sports calendar for us working in sports because we get a little time to just nod off and get a little sleep oh it's great
0: <laughs> well I have a lot of questions for you because people are already talking about the Broncos and obviously and we had you on the show at the end of last Broncos season because they had these three huge holes to fill they needed new owners a new coach and a new quarterback and they filled them all um let's start with the quarterback they traded for Russell Wilson who brought us his glamorous wife Sierra tell me about Russell Wilson on the field though
1: Yeah, he is still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Last year his stats were a little bit down because he faced a hand injury towards the end of the season Uh, but as recently as a few years ago ESPN named him the second best player in the entire NFL let alone just this quarterback position. He was stuck in this muddied Seattle offense that was always about running the ball and they'd get behind in games and in the fourth quarter Pete Carroll who's a very famous coach would be like well I guess it's time for Russ to take over and let Russ cook and Russ would cook and he would oftentimes save the Seahawks. Of course Russell about 10 years ago beat the Broncos in a Super Bowl and he's been really really good since. Now there's some questions coming off the hand injury with this trade, his age Is he still in his prime? And what we've seen from a couple quarterbacks around the NFL, like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, is they've had second primes. And most of them have done it by getting better at throwing middle range and short range passes. And that's one of the areas Russell Wilson could get a lot better in. And that's one of the areas they've been focusing on practice. So the hope is here in Denver that Russ can slightly change his playing style and turn into... A different version of himself, but still a really, really elite quarterback. Right now, I would say he's great, but he's not elite.
0: Let's talk about the coach. Uh, I'm told his name is Nathaniel Hackett. That's all I know about him. What is he bringing to the Broncos?
1: For those who are a little bit more casual, who have not heard him speak or been around him yet, he is going to be a character you follow, and as long as the Broncos are good, you're going to love because he is a wacky dude. He's a younger <laughs> dude. He talks like an actual person, not like a football coach. I mean, I think
0: anytime you know you're with a team, and then you go to another team, um, there's always that excitement. You know, everybody. It's kind of like you never know what you had until it's gone. Um, and for us, it's we're just so excited to have somebody here like him. Um, So, I think for us, it's just about letting Russ be Russ.
1: He's kind of out there. There have been all sorts of controversies this Broncos preseason because he's been so light on the players in practice and making sure that they stay healthy and been having a fun time that all the hard old football guys are like, well, they're not training as hard as we did back in my day, (laughs) which is a whole big deal here at uh, 1043, the fan, the station I work with. It's the debate topic. So, He he seems to bring an attitude that's very fun and easygoing. I don't know what's going to happen with him once the Broncos lose two games or maybe start one and three or something like that. What happens when there's adversity to Nathaniel Hackett, who's a first-time head coach, first-year head coach, surrounded by a brand new staff? A lot of the people on his staff have never been in as high-ranking of roles as they are here in Denver. So there are a lot of questions about how this staff will go and truly there was a power vacuum here you talked about those three big positions needing to be filled well russell wilson is the most accomplished out of any of those three big positions the coach the owner And the quarterback, the
0: most seasoned in the NFL.
1: So Russell Wilson, we're getting the vibe has taken on a lot more of a leadership role than maybe a first year quarterback with a brand new team would. Granted, that's one of the reasons why you bring him in here is you want that experience. But it seems like he's taken on a lot of the role and the offense is going to be more built towards how he wants to play. And, you know, in the era of player empowerment, which we see across the NBA that LeBron James kind of authored, we're starting to see a little bit of that sprinkled into football.
0: That's interesting how other sports can impact each other or influence each other. So it sounds like we're kind of at a dawn of a new era for the Broncos.
1: They have not had a 500 season where they've won more games than they lost since the year after the Super Bowl. There are only two players on this roster that even have played winning football for the Broncos. It's Justin Simmons and Brandon McManus. McManus was the kicker for the Super Bowl winning team. So. We are looking essentially at a team, at least the team that's in orange and blue now, that have never done anything. And it's been bad. We all know. We watch the Broncos. It's been bad for a few years. So the fact that there is an expectation of them to make the playoffs, the fact that the players are talking Super Bowl, whether it's justified or not, that's, of course, your goal. Your goal is to be as good as possible. <laughs> It, it, it lends a different sense towards this football team and a positivity towards where they could go. So I would say that this team is different and this is a new era of Broncos football. And we talk about you know the prime years of Denver football, whether it's the Orange Crush, John Elway's first prime, or the late 90s, his second prime, or even Peyton Manning. And now... Maybe this is the era of Russell Wilson and the team they build around Russell Wilson. One of the big questions for that future, though, is Russell Wilson will become a free agent after next season. And one of the first things on the docket for this new ownership group is getting an extension done for Russell Wilson, which seems like it will definitely happen. But that is something to keep in mind that Russell Wilson's salary is going to go up a very big amount here in the next few years which in a salary cap sport, makes it harder to get great players around Russell Wilson.
0: Because it kind of eats up the budget.
1: Yeah, if you're, you go from making 15% of the budget to 25% of the budget, where does that 10% get taken out?
0: This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So you brought up the ownership group. Um, We have to talk about it. The Walton Penner Group, which recently expanded to include... Condoleezza Rice, and a Formula One race car driver. I mean, (laughs) I read an editorial today from Colorado Newsline from Quentin Young calling out our journalism community for not talking about who this ownership group is. Like, you know, basically saying Condoleezza Rice is a war criminal. And Rob Walton owns a company that has essentially decimated workers' rights across the country. Is this a normal makeup of an ownership group? Is this to how they're made?
1: And on top of that, Melody Hobson, who is the chairperson for Starbucks, is involved in this ownership group as well. Oh, speaking of union busting. (laughs) Right. And it's hard to say with Melody because her quotes have been very neutral on Mm -hmm. union busting, but it's very clear where Starbucks has gone under her leadership. So it's hard to pen her down as anti-union or pro-union. Obviously, it, it skews one way, whereas Condoleezza Rice has quite literally been called a war criminal by the UN and Human Rights Watch, which, by the way, the Broncos, are not happy that I keep calling Condoleezza Rice an accused war criminal. But it's out there. But it's out there. She got run off of a graduation speech at Rutgers a few years ago because of the students didn't want, in their minds, an accused war criminal commencing their college degree. Uh, So Condoleezza Rice is pretty controversial. The press conference where they were introduced, she was not available for any questions. It was spun where she is a Denver person because she went to the University of Denver and she's bringing this hometown flavor. Um, She grew up a Browns fan and an Alabama fan. She actually once tried to be the GM of the Cleveland Browns, uh, which (laughs) was a weird thing that happened. But yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of the sports media gloss over a lot of this because I don't think they know how to talk about it. I worked in news. Now I work in sports and I've gone back and forth. So I kind of have a better bearing of how to talk about this. I've seen Westward, we're sitting in their offices, Covered this situation really good. They wrote a whole thing about every single thing Walmart has done wrong since Greg Penner took over. And they've done that for every single one of the people involved in this. Now, I will say Lewis Hamilton is one of the most kick-ass people on the planet. He is a champion for civil rights. He's a champion for LGBTQ rights. He is one of the greatest athletes of our generation. You know, there was a climate change protest that actually stopped an F1 race recently where people went out into the track very dangerously and could have injured drivers because they would have had to stop or maybe oh even killed, you know, one of the protesters. And Lewis basically was the only person who came out on the side of the protesters saying, no, this is really important. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with the venue, and I'm very scared that this happened like this, but I, I'm with them. And, you know, he was the first uh, black driver in F1. He's been a seven-time world champion, so he's awesome. But the other people involved, <laughs> to answer your question in a very long-winded way, yes. NFL ownership groups now have gone mostly from families in the 80s and 90s to these hedge fund titans of industry. Now, Greg Penner, Rob Walton, this is another level.
0: Greg Penner is Rob Walton's son-in-law. In-law.
1: Yes. Okay. Carrie so he's part
0: of the Walton dynasty.
1: Yes. Carrie Walton Penner is Rob Walton's daughter, daughter, and she married Greg Penner. Okay. Um. And Rob Walton is by far the richest primary owner in the NFL by like $50 billion. It's not even close. The next closest is Stan Kroenke, who, by the way, Stan Kroenke is— related to this family by in-laws. That's right. Because Stan also married into the Walmart fortune as well. So, Denver is being run by Walmart right now in terms <laughs> of sports and our literal heart of our city based where our stadiums are is our sports teams. So, yeah, you know, these are not necessarily the greatest people in the world by what they've done in business and capitalism and all that. But can they bring a winning football team to Denver? I have a positive feeling about that so they seem to have said the right things they have the money to do these things hopefully they have enough money where if they're going to want to build their own stadium they can do that without tapping into the taxpayers they just brought in a former executive who worked internationally with the nfl and it seems like a lot of their ambitions in growing the broncos is going to be actually overseas with mexico and europe and stuff like that which the broncos are playing in london this year They've tapped out on the amount of fans they can have in Colorado. They've tapped out on the amount of fans they can have in America. They're not really growing the Broncos base. So the next step is overseas, which, you know, there's Whoa. 7 billion people on the planet. 300 million are America. There's a lot more people overseas to become Broncos fans than there are here.
0: I- I'm just thinking about the stadium because I was just in Sun Valley. Have the new owners said anything about because the the stadium thing is sort of hanging in the balance. And like you said, if Rob Walton wanted to, he could build that on his own without any sort of asking Taxpayers to pay for it. Have they have they said anything about it?
1: He could build several of them if he wanted to (laughs) on his own. What they have said so far here in Denver is that it's too early to look at it, which makes sense because they just took over ownership. Sure. So we'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. But they did call Empower Field at Mile High a world-class stadium capable of hosting, you know, these huge events, which to me, is an indicator that they have 10 years left on their lease and they plan to at least play towards the end of their lease at that stadium. You know, there's all sorts of debate where you would put a new stadium even. There's also some debate as to whether you would actually move the Broncos facility out of Dove Valley down south in the metro, and do you do an all-in-one out maybe by the airport or something like that? Those are the options maybe being talked about in the Broncos circles, but you look at what, mile high has meant it is so conveniently located and I don't think people realize that because they have to sit in traffic when they're coming from Aurora or wherever but But you're gonna have to literally
0: in the middle of the city
1: yes and you're gonna have to sit in traffic if you're going to that stadium out at DIA or wherever and I love the fact from a culture standpoint that all of our stadiums are in quite literally the heart of our city and it shows how meaningful it is. People driving by that have never seen a Broncos game drive by and go, hey, the Broncos play there. Yeah. And I think there's something to that. A certain je ne quoi.
0: Jake, just one last question. I-, I would love to know your bigger picture look at the Broncos this year or something that we haven't talked about.
1: I think when you talk about the Broncos and the change of ownership, we can't overlook how important pat bolin was and the bolin family was to the broncos and what type of impacts they had in the nfl bolin was one of the pioneers of these tv deals which stadiums yeah a lot of fans go there there but they're just glorified TV, their studios, yeah. studios, right? So it's all TV money. And Bolin was one of the first to realize this. So Bolin kind of re- revolutionized the NFL. Obviously, he cared so much about the Broncos. Uh, what is interesting, again, is his net worth was basically entirely tied to the Broncos. It was one and the same. Whereas nowadays, whatever the Broncos do is not going to have an overall impact on Rob Walton and Greg Penner's wallet. And this is the change we're seeing in sports. So as these teams go from family-owned local things to billionaires play things? How does that impact how they're run? How does that impact how they're viewed? And ultimately, does the saying continue, does winning cure everything? I'm not entirely sure at this moment. It's going to be an interesting question, but at least in the short term, the Broncos have an owner that can go out there and Pay his way into any situation. And that is very fun as a fan of a sports team because you know you're in the market for every single free agent, every single trade piece. You are in the market to quite literally boss Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL <laughs> around and the o- other owners because you have in a room of FU money, you have the, the most FU, FU money. money.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay. Jake Shapiro, thank you so much. Thank you. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Fresh off the Colorado Avalanche's Stanley Cup win, veteran center and fan favorite Nazem Kadri has decided to take his talents to Alberta. Kadri played for Colorado since 2019, but only this past year did he break out with 28 goals and 59 assists in 71 regular season games. Kadri signed a big new deal with our conference rival, the Calgary Flames last week. So, we'll see him back in town a few times per season. Republican State Senator Kevin Priola announced yesterday that he is switching parties ahead of the November election. He explained in a public letter that he, quote, cannot continue to be part of a political party that is okay with a violent attempt to overturn a free and fair election. The Colorado Sun reports that the move should help Democrats retain control of the state Senate in November's election. It's unclear how a pro-life Democrat like Priola will fit into the Democratic majority, but I guess we'll see. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell accused war criminal Condoleezza Rice about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. We should put that in. Are you ready for some football? Oh, I love that. Now I wanna
1: look it up. I gotta get ready, make everything right. Monday night football's coming on tonight.